there's certain about certain thing about putting God first in every area of your life. When we get things in divine order, things will turn out divine. And if we don't get things in divine order, things will not be so divine. And really a key, and I could just finish on this scripture today, is if you'll seek God, you'll go about seeking Him first in everything you do, His way of doing and being right, all those things you've been chasing after, they're going to start chasing after you. You are listening to the Harvest Church Podcast. Here at Harvest, we love God, love people, and live with purpose. Our services are on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, let's listen to a message by Pastor Joe Coyne. I'm so thrilled to be here tonight. So I'm going to talk, talk to you about tonight is the law of victory. The law of victory. You know, you have the law of, um, uh, what do you call the law? What kind of law am I talking about? The, the law of gravity, yeah. Uh, whether you like that law or not, you better be aware of it. Uh, you have different laws. If you'll just do this, then then you'll have an outcome. But if you do certain things, there's a law of victory, and you can't you can't circumvent these laws and prosper and come into victory. And we need the full counsel of God because we know right away. I could quote many scriptures about victory. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Anything we do is going to include the law of faith also. Let's talk about the law of victory. And I'm, I'm giving some captions tonight out of a study we're doing, and some of you are along with us, um, <clears throat> on the uh, 21 most powerful minutes in a leader's day. How many have been listening to those podcasts? And if you want to, you just go to our podcast, Harvest Church, find us, find our logo. We've got all of our Sunday services. We release two leadership uh, podcasts a week, uh, most of the time. And um, Joseph's doing a wonderful job of putting all that together. Also, Wednesday's up there too. So, have you ever, um, I came in so fast, I just threw down some soup. <laughs> I'm trying to get over that right now. Okay. So, um, have you ever thought about what separates people? And when I talk about people tonight, uh, I'm going to be sharing some of these principles probably to some of the, the third-year pastors in um, a few weeks. But uh, have you ever thought about what separates the people who win and the people who don't? There's a distinct, it, <laughs> if you look in Proverbs, you know, something good to do, and I've been back doing that for quite some time again, is reading a proverb every day. Boy, you'll find some keys in there how to have a long life, right, Hazel? <laughs> and you'll find uh, different laws that you can enact and different, different words that, that will give you the wisdom that you need in order to have the right outcome. But um, we know law of faith is always going to be involved in that. But, you know, what does it take to walk in victory and be a winner in life? Uh, oh, by the way, who, whose team are you for? Are you for the Chiefs? Three people over there. Say what? Okay. Who's an eagle here? We got three people going to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, you know what? The thing I like about both teams, I'm sorry, but uh, both quarterbacks are believers. And both feel like the hand of God has been upon them to bring through injuries and all this kind of stuff. And I just like that. So I sort of have a win-win, although... 
whoever your favorite team is. I just want to see a good game. And uh, not a blowout. So, But uh, what are some of the quality that separates those who win and those who don't? Every challenge is just different. You, you, you know, you can't just say, if you'll follow these three exact steps, this is the way it'll lead to your victory. Um, you know, a lot of times when I'm facing something myself, uh, and the first thing I'll do is not necessarily speak the word, I'll get the word in my heart so I can operate in my heart and speak it out of my mouth, because that's the way faith works. Uh, but also, um, there's, there's a second thing that is very needed when it comes to facing something you might not know uh, how to handle it, and that's called asking God for wisdom, because wisdom is the principal thing. And if you ask for wisdom in faith, believing that you receive the wisdom needed for that particular situation, a plan will unfold as you trust God, as you believe God, and know that he's working that plan out for you right now, regardless what you see, and regardless what you know at this moment. So, um, the, the figure, if we can figure out these different laws of victory, we, we can walk in victory in life. And have that abundant life, you know. But when the pressure's on, whatever's on the inside of you is going to come out of you. It's going to, and again, you know, I, I don't want you ever to face a day where somebody would ever say a diagnosis of your life. But what if, what if it did happen? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying that's all the more reason why, whether it's a good season we're in or a challenging season we're in, we're just going to be consistent. We're going to be faithful. We're going to walk with God's plan. John Maxwell says, motivation gets you going, but it's discipline that keeps you growing. And it doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how many opportunities you receive. If you want to grow, consistency is the key. If you continue in my words, then you're my disciples indeed. And then you're going to know the truth. The truth is going to break forth like light. And when you're... Uh, uh, the, Isaiah says, and when your light breaks forth, your health will break forth speedily. And that, that's just amazing because that, that, that would tell me right away, God, give me revelation. And if you want to know a prayer, you pray for me and us in this church. God, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being flooded with light so we can know what is the hope of your calling, the path for my life, the way I'm gifted, the way I'm wired the way I'm supposed to be used in the supply for the church. What is the exceeding greatness of your power to us? What do we believe? And also the, all the different gifts and, and promises, the exceeding greatness of his promises. We need a revelation of those things. Some of you might have never even heard that Jesus heals. Get into the word and God has a revelation for you. And he, he will be your healer throughout the rest of your life. Right? Say this with me. There's a healing in the house today. That's for sure. Well, no, he's in you. You're his temple too. And he, he comes amongst us too to uh, uh, manifest himself in many different ways. But when things don't work out as planned, winners, they learn to fail forward. Don't be so disappointed and the last thing didn't turn out so right. Don't, don't give a lot of your attention to, why God? Why God? Now, you can go before God and vent. But there comes a point in time where you got to put away your why, say, God, I don't know why, but I trust you. I, I just trust you with this. I'm not, God, if there's anything else you can bring to my understanding that can help me in the future, I appreciate it. Sometimes it, it takes growth to see why. 
Sometimes there's a a reason why God will never tell you why, because he said, listen, that's my secret between me and them. And don't give your mind to that anymore, or you'll get in trouble with me. Good, I'm good, God, thank you. That happened to me when dad passed. There are some things there I didn't quite understand. And uh, he, he had a major challenge two years before he had passed, but then uh, another challenge came up, and, you know, it wasn't the outcome I wanted. But you know what? I still believe God. I still trust God. And, and I remember t- uh, listening to Dad Hagen talk about one time about his sister that passed away in, I think, her mid-50s, and he didn't understand why. And he kept, he kept uh, seeking God about it, seeking God about it, and, seeking, and he wasn't getting any answer. And God said, well, listen, I'm going to just know this. Don't give yourself, don't give your mind to that anymore because it's between me and her. Come on. You know what? God can keep secrets. I'm not saying thank God his blood removes secrets as if they, <laughs> they are forgiven. And, and uh, thank God for that. God is faithful. He's not loose-mouthed. Yeah, and, and sometimes he'll button up our lip. And then all I needed, all I needed to hear was with that, it, that, I got the revelation, what God was saying to me through another example. That's why we always try to give you examples of what we're talking about, give you biblical examples, give you personal examples, and all of a sudden you could uh, learn something, have a, you know, gain a revelation for yourself. But um, let's look at Josiah. And the law of victory that he walked in. And I'm not going to read it because it's too long to read tonight. But I will give you the reference in Second Chronicles 34, 1 through 35 and verse 27. So, I mean, Second Chronicles 34 all the way through 35 verse 27. Now, I, I, was, I was at my doctor's uh, today. Of course, I told you that. But uh, he came in, and he thought, he thought I had Wake Forest on, and he's a Carolina fan. And when he came in, he became startled. He said, oh, you better, you better thank, be thankful you didn't have no Wake Forest on your shirt. I would have charged you double today. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Apparently, the uh, Tar Heels must have lost. Is that true? Get your mind on the Lord now. Get your mind. Don't give that thought life anymore. Okay. But um, anybody heard of Michael Jordan? Do you think he learned some principles and some laws of victory for his life? One thing's for sure, he was the hardest worker. And if, you know, I'm not saying I condone everything about his life and his lifestyle, but when, you'll in, when you see interviews about his teammates, you'll see how tough he was on everybody, but he was getting them in the game shape and championship shape. And, and we have to understand, whatever we're going through right now and we overcome right now is getting us getting us ready even for tougher times but we'll be ready have you ever gone through a season you went through difficult things but it wasn't as hard as the season before that because you exercised your faith you became stronger and all of a sudden uh, you were able to overcome in that situation um, because you 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 had proven yourself faithful in that season right so better days ahead yeah but guess what uh, there's, some, there's some perilous times that are out there in the world today. Boy, this is a shouting message, isn't it? And, and, but it's just true. I mean, because look, look out there in the world. I mean, it's just, I say it sometimes, I, I can't, 
it just gives me a spiritual upset stomach. I can't understand why secular humanism is letting a four-year-old determine what sex it is. I, I, I mean, come on. That's harder, that's harder to believe than in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And God's always been. And God always is. And He's always going to be. And, and I tell you what, I can believe the Word gives us faith to believe that. But there's nothing in my spirit, nothing that would make sense where two and two would add up to four on that deal. No way. No way. You pray for us because we're, we are a church that presents the whole truth. And again, I, we've talked about that. But anyway, how does Michael Jordan, or you might like history, like Winston Churchill or John Wooden, any basketball fans in here who know John Wooden? Well, not personally. I'm just saying you all know about him. And then how about Mother Teresa? Anyway, those are pretty standout leaders and people in life. But how do you become so good at what you do that you refuse to do anything but succeed no matter what the circumstances you face. We want to come into every situation with a winner's perspective. And that, that, that requires us, some laws of victory right away, that requires us to renew our mind on the Word of God. It just requires us to. Tonight, even coming in tonight, you know what? It's, it's a little bit later on the day. You hit, you've had a tough day, but you're getting a quickening right now because we prayed about it. And God's ministering to you, and, and He's washing you with the water of His Word, and, he, and He's giving you some understanding, and if you'll lean into Him, He's going to speak what you need tonight. I believe every time we assemble together, even though there's hundreds of people that come to this church, you know what? I know God has a word for me specifically for that day, that time, and that hour, and that supernatural ministry of the Holy Spirit, and also the fivefold ministry gift called the pastor-teacher. There's an anointing there for you to mature. If you don't see anybody growing up in a church, uh, that pastor not, might not be a pastor. He might have gotten out of his lane. Well, that was good. We all have a gift, and, and I'll get to that a little bit later, and I might have to do a part two tonight because you all are listening so good. But breakthrough makes the difference. Uh, whether the person is leading, and you might say, I'm not in a leadership meeting tonight. Are, are you a part of a family? Are you a parent? Are you on the job? How about if you say, I don't have any influence over anybody. You lead yourself, don't you? You got to learn how to be a leader of yourself. We, we've heard these things, but it's good to be reminded. So whether the person's leading or following, famous, obscure, powerful, or weak, when you look at the life of Josiah, you can see the same thing. When he sought God, he had a breakthrough that allowed him a great victory. Now, I'll give you some background on this in 2 Chronicles 34 and verse 2. It says, Josiah did what was... All right, guys, look up the Scripture. Track with me. Josiah did what was right in the sight of of the Lord, and he what? Walked in the way of his father David, and he did not turn aside the right hand or to the left hand. Divine order, if you want to have victory, you've got to learn scriptures like seek ye first. Uh, in my house, and again, I'm preaching to the choir here. If you're viewing online, some you couldn't make it here and you might be shut in. But in my house, Every day is a good day with God, right? Every day is a good day of putting Him first. Every, every Wednesday is a good time to get back into the assembly. 
And just to be in the presence of God and to learn and to grow and to mature in the things of God. But the word says, seek ye first. That's divine order. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Seek ye first his way of doing and being right. Seek ye first his way of doing and being right. No wonder why the psalmist said, God, show me your ways. Show me your ways. Man's ways and God's ways are so, so contrary. And we have to realize that we're in a different kingdom, so that's why people look cross-eyed us, at us sometime. When we're in church, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. We get set free from our past. Um, we're get, we get filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're full of joy, and we're moving forward in the will of God, and we're passionately consistent about the things of God. Am I talking to anybody here tonight? Yeah. Seek ye first. You might say, but I'm a faith person. But seek ye first. I give an offering, but he said, give honor to God with your first. Not your leftovers. There's certain about certain thing about putting God first in every area of your life. When we get things in divine order, things will turn out divine. And if we don't get things in divine order, things will not be so divine. And really a key, and I could just finish on this scripture today, is if you'll seek God, you'll go about seeking him first in everything you do, his way of doing and being right. All those things you've been chasing after, they're going to start chasing after you. Goodness and mercy, you're going to turn around and boom, goodness and mercy just slams you upside the head. That's a good interruption there. Come on, how many need some mercy sometime? Tell the person next to you, mercy me. I tell you why, mercy. And they got the interpretation. Okay, so as a result, when, when Josiah did right in front of God, walked in the ways of God, did not turn aside from it to the right or to the left, as a result, the nation was purged of idols, What's an idol? That's anything you emphasize above God. Any priority above God, that's an idol. So don't, don't put a judgmental finger toward the Old Testament where it talks about how they, they worship stones. Well, you might be worshiping the internet. Social media, face, whatever, whatever. I heard it said like this, and, and I go, I, mother's the, I mean, not the mother, uh, learn, uh, repetition's the mother of better learning. You know what? Instead of ha- being on Facebook, get your face more in the book. It, it'll make you for a better day. Sometimes you're reading the Word, you don't feel, uh, you know, st- stimulated with joy. That's why God said, put on, put on, put on the new man, which is, was this, made the image and likeness of God. Put on joy. I said, I don't feel joyful. I I don't feel good tonight. Well, keep that to yourself, to your doctors, or maybe to your friends. Somewhere you can say, I thank God no matter how I feel. I'm serving you, God. No matter what I understand, God, I'm serving you, God. No matter, I don't quite understand, you know, about praying in the Spirit, but I know that's one of your ways. And I know that the thing that I was drawn into into the Spirit-filled life is when I was hungry and I was locked up in my prayer life because I couldn't be on I couldn't get beyond what I knew. God said, there's something more for you. 
I want my spirit, my spirit will come upon you, and he'll give you the utterance. He'll give you words to pray out, and you'll be speaking right directly to me, and we'll talk out things, and we'll walk out things, and we'll pray out things, and you'll lay prayer tracks, and you'll begin to make progress like you've never gone before. The challenge is, if you hadn't prayed it out, don't get frustrated if it doesn't come out, and if it doesn't happen for your life. Oh, <laughs> say what you want to, but if you don't pray, Luke 18, one says, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna faint and turn coward. I've found out whenever I face God first, it gives me confidence to face anything else. I can go into any board meeting, I can go into any, any venue and know that I've already met with the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and and I thank God I can, I can go and respond whatever way I need to. Josiah, going in the right direction, purged. The nation was purged of idols. Listen to this. The book of the law was rediscovered. Talk about dark days, dark years, dark times. Remove the word and you come into dark times. Remove the word, and you, you come into a mode where uh, the word is the lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If that's removed, we're, we're going to be stumbling. We're going to be falling over things. We're going to be getting hurt. We're going to go down dangerous areas because we couldn't see in advance. Much less being filled with the Holy Spirit that says he'll show us things to come. They discovered the Word of God, and the people turned the true worship of God. More than anything, Josiah wanted to win the heart of God. The Bible records that he was the most godly of all kings of the Hebrews. But it all started with him. There was no breakthrough until they set out to seek God. A leader, a person in a family, someone called out of an ungodly family into a whole new direction because now you're, gonna, you're moving forward with a different legacy for those to come. Right? Bishop always calls that. There's a Joseph calling within every single household. A kinsman redeemer. Wonder if it's you. If you don't see it in anybody else's life in your family and your seed past, you become that Joseph or Josephine, okay? And you just go forward in the things of God. And the favor of God comes upon your life as you begin to walk in the ways of God and the things of God. And, and you know what? You can't, you can't put a good man or woman down where all of a sudden God's going to lift you up out of that, that even, the, even the chains of bondage and, and slavery. He had favor Joseph had favor, and you know the story. Throw him anywhere, and you throw God anywhere. And you th throw God's word, and God's ways, and God's favor, and God's grace, and you're going to buoy up out of that situation. Just as victory is possible for Josiah, it's possible for you. You might not believe that tonight, but it's possible for you. To achieve it, you can't only focus on the winning. You need to lay the groundwork 
And that means seeking a breakthrough God's way. Because a lot of times your answer is going to come through a process. Really, miracles, signs, and wonders are the, the advertisement that God is who God says he is, and that's more toward the lost. He expects you to get in a good church and learn. Learn how to walk by faith. Learn how to, you know, walk, walk in the ways of God. And, and we earnestly covet the best gifts of the Spirit where all of a sudden I'll be arrested and, and, and you know, uh, walk in the ways of the gifts of the Spirit manifestation. For every service, we earnestly covet and desire the best gifts of the, situ- of the Spirit in that situation. Well, what's the best gift of the Spirit in that situation? Whatever's needed. There could be somebody that needs a word of knowledge that was just getting ready to commit suicide, but it was called out. That happens all the time in this ministry where, where whether you see it or not, the supernatural is working all the time. We just try to do our best to operate in the things of God and the ways of God with a, with a supernatural, unforced rhythm of grace. I've been in those meetings where all of a sudden somebody went shriekish. I mean, just your, your skin just rose up and said, what the heck is that? And they start saying, when something startles you like that, that's not God. Although some people at times, and I'm sure maybe some of you and I have at times gotten so caught up in God that we, we got a little, uh, you know, I don't say over the edge, but we, we got very zealous and we hadn't quite learned what self-control is and used the balance of it. But you know what? There are some times I've learned that, that in my life, uh, when I was coming up, I knew I really had to deal with pride in my life. So that would be why sometimes I'm in a meeting with Dad Hague, and he said, next time, ne- next time he, he allows something to happen, you run first. <laughs> I'm saying, what? You want, me to, you want me to run a lap of victory? Well, because it was conducive for the environment, uh, you know, Dad Hagen or whether it's St. Peter's or, you know, even here, I'm just saying that if, if I didn't do what I was prompted to do when it, it would fit the occasion, I could just sit back there and say, oh, I'm just going to look like a fool. What did David say? When the, house, when, when the presence of God was brought in, back in the house of God, he started dancing. Yeah. He didn't care. He started dancing because God's presence was back in the house. I mean, God, and, and his wife got embarrassed. And he tried to call her husband, uh, you know, it doesn't take all that, David. He said, oh, I'm going to act more a fool. Sometimes we have to get out of ourselves to operate in the way of God. You know, there's some people that call themselves dancing in the Spirit. Um, technically, you're probably not dancing in the Spirit until you tap in the Holy Spirit like uh, you put your, your finger in the socket of an outlet. Something, something happens. I mean, my, my, my legs aren't going one and two, three and four. They're going 79, 42, you know, 67. I don't know if you got that, but I just try to yield to whatever, whatever God wants to do in the environment. A person or a leader's first victory has to be over themselves. But I want signs, wonders, miracles. This, yeah, God wants you to get born again, get a new nature. 
Uh, God wants you to realize you have fruit of the Spirit on the inside of you, and he wants you to grow and develop in those fruit because the fruit does not come fully grown. Uh, and we have to address all the fruit of the Spirit because we can't just be great in one and bad at eight. That's why we need to be fed the Word, be in our daily Word, apply the Word, all the things you hear about very consistently around here. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do, not, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But how many going to win the prize? How many, how many is going to win the prize? Thank you. Run in such a way, so there's a way to run, that you may obtain it. So there's ways that you can run that you don't obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize has got to learn temperance, self-control in all things. Now, I mean, stop saying I've got an Irish temper and I just kept myself. I inherited my temper from my dad. Well, I appreciate your natural dad, but I'm starting to inherit the characteristics of my, my spiritual dad, uh, God the Father. And he's got some qualities in him I want to replicate rather than the stuff I saw from some things that I was raised in. And don't down them because a lot of times that's the way they were raised. Learn the good things, take them along with you, and learn how not to do things. But run the race according to God's way, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Temperance means self-control. Remember, the word says in Galatians 5 that you've been given the fruit of self-control. Stop interpreting that word of controlling others. Listen, it takes everything we can to keep in control, staying before God ourselves. And we're going to point out, well, if I was them, and if I just manipulate them a little bit more, I know they'll give in. It's one of the reasons why people that are in sales positions in this church are the head, not the tail. They have the favor of God upon their life. They get all the good business. <laughs> Yay, amen. That's a good word there, Pastor. I'm going to take that tonight. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in some things. I just can't eat one glazed potato chip. Commercials just like that. Man, when I get in a bad mood, I can't eat just one scoop of ice cream. I just bring the half gallon out. I just can't help it. Yes, you can. And if you can't, don't buy it. Because when, when you're at home, you're not having conversation with the ice cream. Come on, you know it's true. You ever been in prayer? And all of a sudden, psst, hey. You know you want some ice cream right now. <laughs> or, or, well, I mean, we came off whatever. We, we fasted sweets and different things. And, yeah, you didn't see anything in our house. We put stuff away. And we threw stuff out. All right. Temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown. Guess what? What we're doing, we're doing for an imperishable crown. And therefore, I run this, not with uncertainty. I'm going to run the ways of God. Thus, I fight, not as one that beats the air. I'm not shadow boxing here. God's making me connect in the ring of faith, and I win. 
but I discipline myself. I discipline my body, and I bring it under subjection. See, some of you didn't want to come to church tonight, but guess what you did? Say, body, shut up. We're going to church. We're coming to church, and I'm bringing my youth. They, youth don't stay home on Wednesday night unless they have a ball game, or they have to go to a recital, or they have to go somewhere. Junior, if you don't mind, I'd really love for you to go to church with me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That, that really expressed what I was feeling. No, I mean, there, we weren't hard with our kids, but we had certain boundaries and we had certain expectations. I'm telling you what, you ask our kids. I mean, we were a disciplined household, but we had a lot of fun too. And guess what? Because of their sacrifice in all the years in the ministry, God blesses them. And God's proved himself to them. Now, sometimes he used El Shaddad, but um, and El Shaddad, El Shaddad, El Shaddad, El Shaddad, and Nana Claus. But anyway, there's some things that God just does for them. And all we could say, hey, Hannah, that was a God wink. Joseph, he did that for you. Again, by no means am I saying any of us are perfect, but I'm, we're not in a bunch of junk either. Right? Uh, we should be examples to others, and that's why God brought us through the process for learning how to win. That's why we had to be up in our leadership, under leadership. Uh, Ephesians uh, 4 talks about how, can you put up Ephesians 4, please, for me? I really need to express this to you, Ephesians chapter 4, um, and go to verse 11. And can you give that me to me in a different translation? Something's better than King James. Okay, that's good. Yeah, New Living's good. Look here. And these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. These are gifts to the church. I'm not saying they should. Don't treat them uh, above like their God. But they are gifts. Bishop Passion, Lady Joy, they're gifts to my wife and I. Uh, we wouldn't have been matured in the things of God right unless we were under their pastorate and still under them today in the Hagans. And, but now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And what is their responsibility? What's my responsibility? Is to equip God's people to do His work. And when they do their supply, their grace, their gifting, their anointing, what God wants them to do, they add their supply, they build up the church. We advance the body of Christ. We advance the Great Commission. Come on. And this will continue. Oh, God's done away with pastors now. Oh, wait a minute. This will continue until we all come into such unity in our faith and the knowledge of the Son of God that we will be mature, fully mature. In the Lord. That will never happen. Why? Because people are getting born again every day. Every day. Every day. Let's see what our role is again. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. 
You know, don't compare yourself to other people. Compare yourself to Jesus. And let me ask yourself, uh, ask yourself the question. No, let me ask you this. Do you need to change? Do you need to change a little bit, become more like Jesus? Well, come on. There's an anointing in this house to help you do that. You can't do that on your own. I couldn't do that on my own. I have to be in certain ministry environments so, so it, 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 it nourishes root systems. And what I'm saying is uh, where God sent me, divine connections, divine uh, leaders over our life, and we protect those relationships. And God has used that so much in our life. Let's go on to the next one. Then... Listen, as we go through the maturing process, how many want to win? You know, we're still talking about that. Here's a good law. You know what? When you follow and you submit yourself to a house, a local church, and you find the right leaders for your life, and have a good pastoral anointing on that house, then they begin to grow. And then you're going to get to the point where you're no longer immature like children, and there's coming a day that you won't be tossed and blown about by every single wind of doctrine and teaching and, and the mess of the world and all the kind of uh, just total lies of, of the enemy out there in the world. And we will what? not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. You wonder why you need a church? You wonder why you need good leaders over your life? Because sometimes you're just in the environment, you're in an environment of light, and all of a sudden you see something you're getting ready to say. You, and you saw something you might have already done, and you need you know, get, get that right now because that was a bad influence toward that person. Yeah, God will talk to you about some things you might need to get right with somebody. Unless you're leader. Instead, we're going to speak the what? Speak the truth in love. And guess what? As a result, we're going to grow in every way more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. What's the next verse? That's good. Uh, but he makes the whole body fit totally perfectly. Each part unique and adding supply to bring increase to the body. Stand up, please. This is the first step. If you want to walk in victory, there's some things that I believe the Holy Spirit has already brought to your attention or he's going to. I'm not the only one here tonight. Uniquely, he, he, he gets, you know, I start to um, go in his, in his presence and his word and see what I need to bring. And then he brings it out in such a way that uh, we all grow from it. We fell forward. We get something right. We want to please God in the matter. Um, instead of just spouting off of what, everything we want to say, we're going to consider how's this going to affect them before I say it. How, how is it? How is it? You know, is it going to be beneficial for them to say, for me to say something? There are sometimes you do have to bring correction, but it's got to be in the right spirit, and it depends. Depends what level of maturity you're in because I'm telling you what, you can get to the place of maturity that God will say, listen, straighten up. And he won't be like sugarcoating it either. Now, he has love, so it's filled with love. But have you ever heard, anyway, you might not have had a good father. You might. 
You might, you might not have a good coach, but you might. You might have had some authority in your life that you'd rather have them to speak to you in a very, uh, you know, just normal way. But I didn't necessarily like to hear my coach speaking up in a tone that just called me out. Or speak with a father that can't, can't, can't coat things right now too, too gingerly because you're headed toward the middle of the street and there's an 18-wheeler 30 yards out. Oh, please. Hey, Junior. Come on. Come on. One. Two. Rules without relationship bring rebellion. You want a good relationship with your kids to be able to speak in their life? Be there for them. Be at the special events. Be present. We were watching something last night. I like medical shows. Anybody like medical shows? Um, just sometimes when we eat, it's not so good. <laughs> they make the stuff look so real. Like, man, I think I'm going to put my spaghetti up. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Unless you can laugh about it. Come on. Everybody okay tonight? Come on. We're coming up higher this year. Come on. We're not going to spear the honor. The law of victory has got to include this, the law of honor. You can't treat people. You can't treat God's kids bad and expect the, him as father to be in a good attitude toward us. Say, hey, listen. Better watch putting your mouth against them because when you put your mouth against them, it's like putting your mouth against me because that's my kid. I don't believe there's any lady in here tonight, any mama in here tonight that want to see a teacher speak wrongly to your child. Now, now in a wrong tone, would you? Or you say, oh, that's great. Get them. Well, I don't mind get them, but watch how you get them. I'll support you getting them because they're going to get it when they come home too. So I'm not going to undermine your authority because Dr. Spock says that could warp their emotional development. You're warped already. Come on, have you read some scriptures in the old, in, the, in, in Proverbs that talks about if you, if, you, if you don't bring correction to your child, it's like you hate them. When someone brings something to your attention that's not necessarily positive, you know, and does it in the right spirit, that's because they love you enough to tell you the truth on that. One of our values to be able to work on our teams here at Harvest Church is you have to understand something. Uh, you, well, anyway, you, there are certain four right in front of this fifth one, but I say, you know what? We're going to have hard conversations. I don't want to be on a leadership team or volunteer. No, no, no. No, we're good. But in the event we're not, we're going to talk about it. In the event there's an attitude, we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about that personally too. But sometimes God will have me do it in a whole staff leadership mode to just hit a few people and then, then if they don't get it that time, you know, we'll, we'll make sure they get it a different way. That's how, you, that's how you have peace and unity in organizations, in families. You don't just let something go, let something go, let something go, and then all of a sudden you pop your, your, your anger out of the, out of the zone. And it's, you, hadn't, you didn't get it when it was first happening. You just, and so some of it's not their fault. All right, has anybody learned how to win tonight? 
Just say yes and we'll leave. All righty. Oh, but what I was going to say about the world and the, uh, yeah, the medical shows is there is this particular um, very gifted doctor that wanted to have children. But then she had offered to her her dream job. But her dream job was going to totally take her time. And so she was saying to the guy who, who offered her the job, see this, and I'm, I'm getting ready to have a child. And I'm going to need to um, have more time, not less. And he said, well, think about it. Then she goes and one of her friends hears about the promotion and says, you've got to take it. He says, no, I can't because I want, I want to have more time with my kids. I want to have some sort of a, a stable job situation so I can be there for my friend. She says, listen, your kids will know that. They'll know you work hard. They know they can call you up and maybe get in touch with you and, you know, you can help them. I was... God wants us to have a life. God wants to love Him. He develops us also through, through the context of a, of a family setting, even in church. And that's such the world. They're going to give 100% of your time to your career. And you gain the whole world and you lose your soul. You lose your family. You lose this. And there's no condemnation here tonight. I'm saying there's a better way. And by the way, if you're married, you and your wife are a team. Don't be copping back out on a budget you both approved. You're committed now, but I don't I really don't. I'm not led to work. You don't have to be led to work. You already agreed on that budget. Go to work. So if you want to make different decisions in your future, you've got to change your budget together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for your revelation. Father, I'm first in line. I always evaluate myself. First, I judge myself. I judge this church. I judge our leadership team and the way we lead. Father, thank you for speaking to all of us different things that applied to us tonight. Grace us and strengthen us to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. In Jesus' name, amen. Last thing I want you to do now, don't go to your kids and all of a sudden say, start cracking the whip when they hadn't even been prepared for it. No, no, no. Say, you know what? You know what I'd say if I was in that situation? You know what? I'm so sorry. I have missed it. I have missed that as a parent. You know, I know you've been doing this for quite a while now, but you know what? I should have caught that more up front to let you know that's dangerous. I don't want that for you. Here's some boundaries in our... In, in our family, we need to have an understanding on that. Because I don't, I, there's a bridge out on that situation you might not see, but that direction is not going to work out well for you. And then you bring them to church, and all of a sudden they hear the same thing in children's church, their way in some kind of sermon of being led by God and the dangers of sin and this, that, and the other thing. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, but I'm too tired. I want to come home and I want to watch Jeopardy. I'm telling you what, Jeopardy is so awesome. And uh, give up tonight when, you, when if you have a youth and you can make it, you'd be here. 
Because you want them in there. You want them hearing just what a youth needs to hear. A junior high and a senior high and Friday night, young adults. You, we need to hear that word at that particular anointing for that age and, and that expression. Because the church can't do much with a parent that doesn't come. But sends their kids anyway. You go learn that now. Junior's going to say, I am leaving my household when I turn 18, and I will never don the door of a church again because of the experience I had and the example that was not set before me or it was set wrong. Thank you so much for listening. If this message was a blessing to you, make sure to share with your friends and leave a review. For more information about who we are and where we're located, check out our website at harvestastriad.com.